0: Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk, a podcast on recovery with Elizabeth Pudwell and MG. We bring you our experience, strength, and hope from a variety of sources therapy, 12 step recovery, and life lessons of long term sobriety. To contact us, email sober sisters talk at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk. We're glad you're here. Now, here's our next podcast. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email sober sisters talk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. Thank you. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. This is MG. And I'm Elizabeth
1: Pudwell, and today we are... Sober Sisters Talk. Thank God. You know what? That's so funny. I don't usually say today we are, but I say together. But you know what? Today, I'm sober. That's all, you know, and I do realize that's all, <laughs> that's all we get. We only get today, right?
0: It's a daily reprieve. Based upon... A fit spiritual condition.
1: And that's straight from the book, guys. That's right. So today, it's uh, October 30th. Tomorrow is Halloween. And, you know, we always like to kind of think about what we're going to talk about a little bit. (laughs) I'll be honest with you, you guys. We do not put a lot of um, prep into this. But we do um, a little bit. And we go, okay, well, let's do this and we'll take it here. So, you know, and I think that's part of the success of this podcast is it's organic, you know, um, MG and I are, are close. And I think that comes across. We love each other and respect each other's program and the work. And, um, you know, that's when we talk, it's like, we're having a conversation. And I think that's part of the success of, you know, of what we do. Right. I
0: think so. And, it's also like what's up and what's current for us. So I think that that's a piece of it as well because we don't live in this, you know, nervonic vacuum. We're not well, let's up on talk the Talk
1: about the program today.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we're it's
1: not fucking real bitches.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and often inappropriate. So, you it's know, fucking there's...
1: real witches. It's Halloween tomorrow, so we are going to talk about the scary stuff. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to talk about the scary stuff and how, and that, you know, I think if I was going to um, offer an overall view, my overall view of the scary stuff is you can do it. If I did it, you can do it.
0: And you can also do it scared. I mean, I can remember I heard that first in in an Al-Anon meeting where it was like, I'm so scared. And they're like, you can do it scared. You can do it. You don't have to be like, there's no perfect time. It's like, when I finally get to that perfect weight, when I finally have my money in order, when I finally have this amazing job, when I get the car and the house, and then I'm going to be happy, and I can't do anything until I'm there. And it's like, no, you have to start where you're at.
1: You know, and my response to that is, what what it came up for me was, um, I used to always... Um, I I was really good at communicating with my qualifier via email and I would send him these long ass emails telling him all the reasons he needed to stay away from me and what I recognize now and what I counsel when I work with someone is that's you're, you're asking him to do your work I was asking him to do my work you know I'm not strong enough to stay away from you so you stay away from me basically what it is and that is part of the hard work Uh, so we made a little list we're gonna work our way down the list and um, and we just comment on on each one okay so the first thing on there is asking for help that is part of the scary work
0: absolutely absolutely and for me one of my and I think it's more of the anorexic more towards the anorexic side of it is that uh, I learned at a young age not to rely on my mother or my siblings for any kind of support or care. So I learned how to be independent, and I learned to be an isolationist, meaning if I can't do it, it's not going to get done. And when it came to the re- came to my realization that I needed help, that I couldn't do it by myself, I was absolutely paralyzed with, you know, what do I do? Thankfully, you know, some friends recommended a great therapist and he was the one that encouraged me to, you know, get into SLAA. And even though I'd been in AA, for some reason, it wasn't as difficult for me to get sober, we've talked about this before, than it was for me to get into SLAA. So to to ask for help, to like make the call, can you be my therapist, wasn't that hard, but it was still very vulnerable. But when he said to start going to SLAA, and I did, and then I had to start reaching out to these women, it was, I, it was really, I, I did have a lot of fear. But talk about what happens when you do, Elizabeth.
1: When you do, like finally ask for help. Yeah. Well, okay. So for me. Um, it took me a long time to learn how to ask for help and to receive it. And um, I'm a lot like you in that I didn't, I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want help. I didn't want, I want to figure out how to do it secret and on my own. But over time, I finally realized that um, I started creating intimacy with other people and getting support. And seeing that I didn't invent any of these maladies. I did not create the addiction. I am not the first one. I am not the first one who acted out. Um, And by being honest about my stuff and in meetings and talking about it and sharing it um, and telling people who I really am, I started to love myself again. You know, it was like. I, I said, here I am, warts and all, and I got love back, and respect, and importance, and significance, which is all of the things that was missing, and why I acted out.
0: And it wasn't conditional. I mean, you know, it wasn't like, uh, we're going to love you if you stay sober. I mean... Yeah, like, you got to
1: stop doing that if you want to stay in.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it was like, I acted out last night, and everybody's like oh, you know, give me a big hug, you know, it was like, and I'm not encouraging our listeners just to, you know, not get sober or anything like that, but what I want to say is that, you know, it, it, it's us, we're, we're the sick ones helping the other sick ones, and we're a little bit better, but, you know, it makes it easier to ask for help from this fellowship if you're one of us who, you know, are sick and suffering Because
1: there's this um, this graphic um, and it's a picture of a woman and she's standing with one arm raised, holding the arm, holding the hand of someone above her and another arm extended down and holding the arm of the woman down there. And that's what this is. And that's how it's done. And that's how it works. You know, I only learned what I did by asking for help. I only learned how to stay sober one night at a time, one minute at a time sometimes, by asking for help. Yeah. It's yeah. a really challenging thing to do. But. It
0: really is. And, you know, she's got her written on her little board just walking in the room. So, you know, for those of you who are, you know, listening to our podcast and are thinking maybe I might have a problem, whatever. You know, these days you're not walking into a room, you're like going into a Zoom meeting. So... You know, but sometimes just going to a Zoom meeting can be like, oh, my God, I'm doing this. I'm really doing this. This is the deal. I'm doing it. You know, and so that's a scary and a hard thing. Let me validate that. Yeah.
1: I remember that. Yes. It's frightening. So, yeah. But I will tell you, I tell everybody that I talk to, like, right now, and they're like, I'm like, fuck, just go now. It's the easiest time in the world to go. You don't even have to get dressed. You don't even have to get in your car. (laughs) You just go to join a Zoom meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if yeah. you're looking for one, you can find one on Houston Intergroup, um, HoustonSlaw.org. You can email
0: us at sober sisters talk at gmail.com, and I'll, I'll And we'll send let you, you into our meeting. I'll let you in our meeting, and then we'll send you a host of resources. We've got plenty now. And then the also under number one, ask for help, was to ask for a sponsor.
1: God, that was so scary. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a real... Whoo- there's this there's this underlying so before you ask for somebody you start like I don't know if you did this but I started like well I don't want that one she doesn't have what I want I don't want that one I want that one well I'm full fuck well, you know it was that like there was all the like you had to choose the right one no you don't you don't have to choose the right one you just have to choose one
0: Well, and what I see often, and and I'm not being too critical about this, but people are like, I need a sponsor. So let me just say that the way that is the best, people might, you know, respond to that, but most people don't. What you need to do is you need to ask somebody, will you sponsor me? And, you know, I encourage everybody, like, just get started. Just say, will you be a temporary sponsor? Will you take me through setting my bottom lines? Will you take me through steps one through three? You know, just jump in and get your feet wet. You know, my first sponsor, she went back out. I don't even remember that chick's name. That's how long ago it was. And, she, you know, we'd met like a couple of times, and she was like, she was now in AA, and she went out drinking. So she's like, I think I don't want to come back to SLAA either. And I'm like, all right, great. So, you know, that and that, that like gave me an opportunity to go act out because I thought, well, if she's going to act out. I'm going to
1: go act out. We so, like all do this. I know. So... Um oh, you know and they I, don't you guys listeners they don't all do that.
0: They don't. That was a rare exception. And you know for me being a sponsor is, you know, part of my being held accountable. You know, I have like there's a lot of like roadblocks I put in in front of me acting out and being a sponsor is one of those. And because the humiliation that I would feel if I had to go to my sponsees and say, oh, my God, I acted out, would just be, you know,
1: that would be super hard. Any of those, um, you know, that whole thing, just like, and I did that yo-yo thing, and I would tell you that is really that, and I'll tell you right now, what that will do is age you. If you're going to go back and forth and back and forth with this guy, just go back, you know, until you're ready to go forth because it'll age you. That, that shit tears you up. I remember looking at myself one day and just going like, I feel like I'm getting old right before my eyes, you know? Yeah. It just drains all of the vitamins and vitality
0: out of you. It's an energy suck.
1: But I wanted to go back to that asking or sponsoring someone because that is it's it's like a lot of people are like, Whoa, I'm not ready to sponsor someone. You're ready to sponsor one if you've completed steps one, two, and three.
0: If you're gonna be a temporary sponsor, right.
1: If you're like, because that's all you have to do. You don't have to take them one through twelve. You get one, two, and three. And then you get your ass working on your own step four and five because she's coming right up behind you, you know? And it, it, you really just need, like, you know, you just need enough time in front of you to get them through a step one. Well, and if you've I, done one, then you know you can sponsor somebody. And
0: I really would like to set an intention for 2021, Elizabeth, for us to really mentor women, to get them out there, to to sponsor to be in sponsor-sponsory, uh, you know, relationships. Let's
1: have a sponsor workshop. How to sponsor.
0: I love that. I think how that's great. Yeah, let's do it. Let's we
1: do could it. We can definitely do that.
0: And, uh, you know, because it's, I think, really part of what I felt, you know, when I came back to Houston after being gone for six years, I was so surprised about, like, how all of this, like, you know, it's like, what do you call it, matriculation when you, like, go on out in the world or whatever, you know that you don't you stick around. Yeah,
1: attrition. I mean, it's like yeah. there's, yeah. 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 There's, it, it, it's a turnover, you know?
0: Yeah. So I want us to like revitalize that piece of it. And I feel like it is kind of shifting and and uh, doing that. So the second thing you have on your list is call someone you don't know. It's
1: <laughs> all so scary. That's oh. so all god that stupid phone can weigh so much and i remember with my heart pounding and the first one that i called it was not good she was like so how's that make you feel and i was (laughs) but you know who one of the first people i called that i didn't know is pa oh so i will recommend you do that if you know pa if you're in houston and you know her call pa she's so kind and loving she was really really good for me Very, very, but you know what? Anybody will be like that. I hope so, you know, but take phone numbers from, uh, at your meeting when you go, if they give them away and, um, yeah, just call somebody because you're going to need it. You're going to need that, you know, and I, what I recommend to mine is to call before it's midnight and you're laying on the floor in a fetal position, rocking back and forth and really need somebody because you're going to need to set that up you
0: know yeah well and I can remember talking about being that sick and that you know there I was at 2 a.m in the morning like because that was the witching hour that was when I would get the booty call or I would make the booty call and you know that would be like I would be is he gonna call is he not gonna call Oh God, and I, that was such a horrible time and this one woman in the program told me she goes you can call me anytime day or night and I'm like no she went yeah okay and I <sighs> called her at 2am <laughs> I want to call him so bad I want to call him she goes no you don't you don't want to call him you really don't want to call him you just want to be out of your pain she was like, like just like hello and I'm like oh whatever and she just, like, talked me off the ledge. She yeah. talked to me for, like, you know, 12 minutes until I got, you know, m- m- you know a little bit better. And she was just like, just say your prayers. Just, you know, you're going to be fine. You know, take care of yourself. I mean, she just gave me, like, some things to do. It was just like, and, 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 and she wasn't a person that I had normally connected with. But because she gave me permission to call her, and she was sincere, I really felt that. And she showed up for me, and I'll never forget that because it really helped me out of a pinch. I mean, I was in that moment, and you know that moment—that's so the hard I'll tell you part.
1: My story about calling somebody you don't know. I was in a um, in a meeting, and it was afterwards, and this woman walked up to me and said, "Hey, Elizabeth, how you doing?" And I was like, "You know, I was thinking about you last night, and I thought I was I I was going to call you, and then I thought, oh." Uh, And she said to me, she looked right at me. She goes, maybe you weren't the one that needed the call. And I was just like, oh, and it never left me that, that statement never left me. And so I always kind of like, you know, if I have that, just maybe, you know, maybe if you do think about calling somebody, maybe you're not the one that's going to benefit. And you've had those, right?
0: right absolutely absolutely
1: i just had one the other night it's part of my story about my week cool next on the list is uh resisting contact which uh, goes right along with this so like and it is it's that
0: (laughs) i'm pounding my chest
1: oh well here's my favorite i just want closure (laughs) no you don't no you don't you don't need closure no, you, you just don't. want to fucking call them. No, you don't. You don't need that. You want a
0: hit is what you want, you little sex <laughs> exactly. and love addict.
1: I need to get, I need, to, I just need one more. No, one more will just reset your your no contact. You don't want to do it. You and don't. I mean,
0: at, at, at a certain point, that, that was really hard. Let me just, you know, uh, right there with you. But at a certain point, it became like a really active creativity to be able to figure out how to how? do what I needed to do with no contact. How I did I, that. how did I, how, how, you know, how's he going to get his mail or whatever? And it's like, you know, one woman in this LA said, his mail is not your problem.
1: Right. You need just throw that away. You just put it in the trash. <gasps> you don't need that. You know? I know. And so it because was. Because you want to make contact you I think well it. maybe if i give him his mail you, and it's i love that i just you know for me i remember like i would take um scriptures psalms and write them on an index card and carry it with me i'd be like oh fuck i want to call him i'm so triggered like and i would be looking in my purse for that card and start reading it and it would go away the the, the desire would go away and it was like so that my creativity was more like how you know What else can I do? Mm, Like, you know, call people and, and pray and read and journal. But then when I was at the grocery store, like none of that stuff was available to me, but I had that card. And in the end, it got all like, it almost like fell apart. It was, (laughs) it was all worn and it couldn't read it anymore because it's handwritten, but it saved my ass so many times you got to resist the contact you got to stay away you got to like when you're i think and that's another part of this is committing to it's being like okay i'm gonna make the decision and i'm gonna commit to it i'm gonna go into no contact i'm gonna stay away from no matter what i'm not you know i think that's scary too
0: absolutely because you know elizabeth it's unknown Here's, I read this one book that said one of the reasons why we as addicts and alcoholics continue in our dysfunctional behavior is because as dysfunctional as it is, it's also known. We know the pain we're going to have. We know how it's going to roll out. But, you know, when we're doing something so new, like getting sober or stopping these behaviors, we don't know what it's going to be like. Will I be able to survive it? And I can remember my therapist Patrick. I would say to him, I don't know if I can live through this. He goes, Absolutely you're gonna live through this. I'm like, Literally. I don't know. I feel like I'm coming apart at the seams. He goes, Trust me, I've been there, you're gonna be, you're gonna be okay. And I didn't believe him, but I had faith that, you know, and so I was like in him, in him and that he had been through that process as well. And I think that's why. 12-step programs work, Elizabeth, because you and I, we can laugh and joke and, you know, have fun and, and do a lot of good stuff, but we have been in that place and we have been unraveling and just so, um, like, you know, you were saying on the floor in a fetal position.
1: Many times. And we're not there now. It works. It works. You got to do it, but you got to do it. And you gotta work the steps, which is another scary thing because it is unknown. And like for me, oh my God, I was telling somebody I barely knew all of this stuff about me, you know, and then listening to her, oh God, I had no idea what she was gonna say. <laughs> I had no idea what she's gonna tell me to
0: do, you know. Right, right. Laying all my S-H-I-T. I T. I don't oh know. Oh my god. It was like so you don't scary. wanna hear that. So yeah. Scary. Very scary. And then also
1: yeah. scariest service
0: work. It can be.
1: <laughs> so I started doing service work by I like led meetings, I chaired meetings, but I'll tell you one of the scariest things that I did was um that girls gone wild in recovery. So we had this was if well, I don't even know, it was probably 10, 15 years ago. But um we had this group of women in Slaw Friday nights and somebody had started it. And we had like, I don't know, maybe a couple of months of these great things. And you just had something to do on a Friday night. And um, she didn't wanna do it anymore. And I was, I knew I was supposed to take it over. I could feel it, I and I, oh God. It's like, I don't wanna do this. I'm gonna resist. I'll do it, I'll do it. I did it for nine months. Every Friday night for nine months without fail, we had something planned to do. We went to Rice um, to the women's volleyball game. We went to an art gallery. We had um, poker parties at my house with diet root beer um, and potluck. We, For Halloween, we watched scary movies at my house. And then they did, there was a whole group of them that went into my bedroom. This is when I lived on Yale and they did the, the bloody Mary, you know, the, the levity. (laughs) I can still hear them in there and they're like screaming and shit, but it was so fun, but it was so scary to commit to that in the beginning, but there was so much reward on the other end of that. Right. Right. And you just did something pretty scary. You, uh, took on the, uh, the workshop.
0: Yeah, I did. I did that, and that's the first time in a long time since I've showed up. You know, I remember for AA being like sort of like I, like volunteered for somebody volunteered me to be a GSR, you know, for our meeting, and uh, and it got to be a little bit hairy because it was over at Lambda, and you know there was a, there was some uh, BS that happened. And, uh, but, you know, I got to go to the district meetings and I got to know people that were also showing up for a different level of service. So I've really, I've done it more for AA and not so much for SLAA. And, uh, and so, you know, I did show up for it and, uh, it was really so, uh, you know, it was really fulfilling because we put a lot of thought into it. And then when we pulled it off and it happened the way that we wanted it to happen and people gave us good feedback on how they felt like it was a really good meeting, you know, that felt good too, to get those accolades. It's
1: true. Right. you know? And there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Well, my That's therapist used to it. say, admit it. If you need
1: an ego fuck, admit it. It's when we get... I do. I'm, we, I do. I'm like, I, when I start telling my story now, I'm always telling I like to get high and I still want to get high and that's how I do it. I do it with service work. Yeah. It really helps me because I get I get to use my skill set and I get recognized for it. And I feel important, significant, like I matter, like my message, you know, matters. It's just that whole thing.
0: Well, where 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 did you do this with me in the steps, the esteemable acts? I think it was after the fourth and fifth step. You might, I don't know if you put it on me or that was There was something that what, after you did that step, it was like you have to work on doing esteemable acts. So an esteemable act listener is something like if you're in traffic, you let someone in in front of you or you take your cart back up from the grocery store. And these are small esteemable acts which can build your self-esteem so that you can say, you know, I've been of service, or I've helped someone, and that builds our self-esteem, because listeners, I don't know if, you know, you're a low-bottom SLA like I was, but, you know, I had nothing. I felt like I was such a piece of shit when I finally got to my bottom, and nobody would love me.
1: Anybody who allows a man to treat him the way that I did, it, it you know, I mean, I didn't have any self-esteem either. Yeah. So, yes, esteemable acts will definitely turn you around. And so will setting boundaries, you know, Um, saying no. I remember um, the first time with my qualifier, I worked with him. And I realized that um, I would just eye contact and talking to him was acting out for me. It was contact. And um, so when he would come to my desk, I remember the first time I got up and I walked away and I left him standing there. I just got up and walked away and I went into my friend's cubicle. (laughs) I mean, I was shaking, you know, my whole, I had a bodily response to that, to doing that. You know, it just was, it was like, you know, remember Donna used to say open heart surgery with no anesthesia. That's what it felt like. I just, but then I went back and I sat down and within a few, at first I wanted to like I need to email him and tell him I'm sorry and why I did all this. No, I I know you don't. No, you don't. You need to resist that. And I did. And it was so healing for me. It was like an esteemable act for me to set that boundary and be like, no, I'm done.
0: And that's like, also, that's like self-care, Elizabeth. Boundary slash self-care. Because you knew that that was a huge trigger that you could not stay there With him, without you know, going being off to the races again, and so setting the boundary of not being around his toxic energy was an ultimate form of self care, and that's a beautiful story. I love that piece of it.
1: Well, and you know, it's coming up. We're we're in you know tomorrow or Sunday is going to be November, so we're in we're come we're rounding the holiday corner, and there's going to be things that you know, we're going to have to set boundaries around like, you know, do you want to go? Do you want to travel? Do you want to, you know, there's a lot and it's saying no can be really scary and it can be really hard. I wish we had that Scrooge, you know? I know. Um, Yeah, but Um, It's so worth it. it. It's so worth it. It feels really scary in the beginning. Like you need to, you know, go back and fix it. And Esther used to call it, Esther Lee, she used to call that the um, codependent afterburn, but it will, that will leave and then you'll feel okay. You'll feel fine. And then you start feeling, wow, I did that. And you start feeling kind of proud of yourself and that starts building your esteem.
0: And what I also like to say is that you can build it slowly. I mean, I believe that we get in relationships in SLA, that we learn how to communicate and build our friendships here in this little, you know, safe space, mostly safe. And then we go out in the world and we practice it. So practicing a boundary can start out small, where if your boss says, hey, can you stay 15 minutes later? It's like, no, I can't. And, like, I remember in Al-Anon, like, no is a complete sentence. No, period. And so, you know, learning how to do these things, you know, starting out small with, you know, someone that the stakes aren't as high is very beneficial to being a gangster and talking about boundaries. There's a great podcast out there. I'm going to send a shout-out. It's called Beyond Bitchy, Mastering Boundaries, and it's a podcast on Spotify get her podcast. And even if you only listen to the first four, those are the ones that you need to uh, listen to because that sets, it sets the whole tone. I'm going to get her name right now.
1: And I'm glad you are going to do that because that brings us to our last um, little note that we made in this list. And it's not the last scary thing, but it's just, you know, our little list that we're working on for this particular podcast And that is like all of the extracurricular stuff. It's like therapy or women's groups, women within. Um, There's a whole host of them. You getting online, you know, being part of the WhatsApp group or the Facebook or, you know, Instagram or whatever. Like getting like extracurricular support. And it's not. You know, a lot of it is not 12 step, but it will support you. And in your recovery, both MG and I had really good therapists. I've, and I have one right now that I see occasionally. I don't, I don't have a regular thing, but whenever I got something going on, I Hey, can you see me? You know, and we set up an appointment because it's necessary. You know, I need, I need help. I need help. Uh, okay,
0: everybody. Her name is Vicki Tidwell Palmer, and she's a licensed clinical social worker. So that's her name. And I have to concur with you, Elizabeth. It's like when I came into program, I was about 45 years old. And it had taken 45 years for me living in a way with that programming, if you think of a computer model, so me going into something saying, "Oh, I just need three months of therapy and then I'll be done,"
1: <laughs> no. or just work the steps and then I'll be okay and I can go do it again.
0: No, so it was about really going back and doing that, uh, you know, deep work to the reprogram hard stuff. the hard stuff that is super scary. <laughs>
1: It, I'm sorry, listeners. Hard, I know I'm being it's silly. Scary. Yeah, but it's so worth it. And I just want to encourage you as we wrap up that, um, I don't think any of the work that I've done. I mean, I don't want to like measure it, but my slaw work is what really created the difference. You know, I had to get rid of the drugs and the alcohol first, but my slaa work, my that like realizing what my patterns are, where they come from, getting love and acceptance from that is like, that's the difference between me sober and not sober. So you can do it. Not healthy. So you can do it listener. It might be, you can do it. It Get somebody, get a withdrawal buddy. When I first started, like this was years ago, but there was all these groups of women. And they had withdrawal buddies and they would go walking together around Memorial or whatever, you know, get a withdrawal buddy. You yeah. can do
0: it. In AA, they call them litter mates, you know, so get a litter mate and, you know, start your journey and do it. Uh, reach out I'll to us. I'll say one
1: last thing. You can do it now or you can do it later, but you're going to have to do this work.
0: I concur. Thank you,
1: bitches. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, (laughs) listeners. We love you. Thanks for
0: listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sober Sisters Talk podcast. To find our podcast, we're at www.sobersisterstalk.com. We're also on Apple iTunes and on Facebook. See you next week.